people send music all the time to supervisors and they can't listen to not even remotely like half of what they get. They simply can't. They're overwhelmed with the number of people that send them music. So they go only go to their trusted sources. So I teach indie musicians how to be a trusted source. And then I also introduce them to the people to open the door in the industry where they can begin those relationships. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. I'm excited to be here today with Chris SD. So Chris is a good friend of mine. We went on a sailboat trip to Catalina, and he's actually, he travels all around the world in a sailboat, but he has something, if you're a musician who is looking to maximize you know, different streams of, of income, then you've probably heard of sync licensing. So licensing your music to TV and film. And I hear it over and over again, how this is really one of the major branches of income, one of the biggest opportunities for you as a musician. So Chris himself, he's an award-winning music producer. He's worked on five albums that won Juno Awards, along with seven nominations. So the Juno Awards are sort of like the Grammys for Canada. So kind of a big deal. He was nominated as Engineer of the Year in 2012. And since then, he's created a business called Sync Songwriter, where he helps connect musicians like you. Well, probably like you. If you're listening to this right now, then this is the, this is the podcast where we're talking to, to you as, as musicians. So he's helped, he's helped artists to be able to connect with music supervisors and people in the sync licensing world to be able to earn now literally millions of dollars in sync licensing. So Chris is one of my favorite, favorite people, favorite human beings. So I know that this is going to be super valuable for, for everyone that's listening. So Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. Oh, amazing. Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. And the intro, of course, is as usual, epic. And I appreciate the kind words. And we got to do another sailing trip together. <laughs> that would be awesome. The, the funny thing, so a bit of background for anyone who's listening to this right now. What you didn't hear was the 30-minute preamble to this interview where Chris and I just geeked out hardcore on the new chat AI. So we were just playing around with it. It's so, so crazy, but probably, probably going to be something that all of us are hearing about moving forward is about how AI is just changing everything. But, but anyways, I want to kind of bring back, bring back the, my mind from outer space and come back to, to the world of, of sync licensing, because I know how valuable it is for, for musicians. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the role of sync licensing and, and why you think that it's an important thing to consider if you are a musician that is looking to go full time. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. You know, I will actually segue back to what you were just saying about AI because, you know, some questions that come up in sync licensing is like, you know, the way Pandora and Spotify, how they form these playlists and stuff using algorithms, right? Which is a form of AI. And they go through this process and they sort of feed that what should be the next song on the playlist. It's not by the artist and all of that. It picks it by some sort of fingerprint of whatever the song is. People have been wondering, you know, is sync licensing going to come down to the same thing? Are music supervisors, which are the people who put music into TV and film, are they going to be sort of dinosaurs, you know, eventually? And is it going to be AI picking everything? Is it going to become better and so on? 
that very well could be the case. But, you know, as that sort of line in that last Tom Cruise movie or something, when the guy says, you know, you're obsolete or something like that, and, you know, you will be obsolete soon. And he's like, but not today, you know? So for now, it's a great time for indie songwriters to be getting music out into the world through TV and film. And just really quickly, you know, the bottom line with sync, sync licensing is that when you get a sync placement, you not only get an upfront sync fee, which is often in the thousands of dollars, you get backend royalties. The most important part is you get this massive exposure. You get tons of eyes and ears that watch the shows, the movies and the ads, they're all shazamming your song. So you get all these downloads. So you better have your music out there before you get your sync placement. And you develop a relationship in the industry so that when the supervisors are looking for more music, you're a known quantity. You've already got a sync placement or two or four or 10 or a hundred. And so they know that you're a source of music that's trusted. One of the biggest problems for indie musicians nowadays is they simply can't get their music synced because everybody and their dog has a record out and they're all after the same spots, right? Now, even though the sync industry is growing at a massive pace and there's so much content out there from like streaming, you know, even YouTube is making movies and stuff, you know, to all the television, to the cable, to the this and that, and then the other countries and there's 24 seven, everything. There's so much content, but you need to know how to get into that spot, you know, ahead of everybody else because everybody can't get in there. So there's certain steps that you need to take. But most importantly, unfortunately, it's also a world of who you know. You know, in a lot in our world, there's that old saying about your fate is really the sum of the five people you hang out with most. You know? Really is so much about each other and the world. And the, you know, the more that you can interface with other human beings who can help you and you're supposed to be helping them too, right? It's got to be a win-win. That's where the success comes from. And so the big part of what I do is I develop these relationships in the, in the sync industry. And I know a lot of music supervisors having been a, a record producer and, and basically trying to figure out how I was going to get indie artists into on the radio and how it's going to help, help them out with their record. Because I'd put all my time into their record too. Their budgets weren't that big, but I love their music because indie music is just as good as assigned music. It just needs, you know, more tender, loving care, you know, because the budget's not there and they don't have the agents and the labels and the managers pushing them along. So I started hearing about this sync licensing thing. This was a while ago when it was kind of uncool. You know, it was like, I don't want my music in an ad because it's selling out, quote unquote, right? People just didn't do it. And then Moby came along and put that to rest, you know, and now you can get into your favorite TV shows and movies and ads without changing the way that you write your music, which is key, right? You don't have to write for sync. You just have to do it the other way around. You write your songs, you do them the way you normally do. There's certain things you need to know and not do that. Those are easy. And then you target the opportunities that fit your music. So not the other way around. You find the opportunities that fit your music. So your music goes into shows that want to use your music, which means that the people who watch the shows are your kind of fans. So it's this beautiful synergy, and then you get paid to do it, which is incredible, plus the big fan base. So I realized that this was a great way to go, and I decided, oh, this is going to be 
should be pretty easy. You know, I've won some awards. I'm in the music industry and I'm, you know, just call up some music supervisors and say, hey, here's this band I'm working with and they're awesome. Put them in your movie, right? Well, it doesn't work out too, too well. It's, I'm, it wasn't in the TV film industry, you know, so it was crickets. I re had a real hard time with it and failed, honestly. It was, it was just a really, you know, it was just trying to cold call and do probably what other people are doing out there listening. They're trying to email out sometimes or they stick them in a library hoping to be discovered. And of course, people know that just doesn't work very well, right? For your typical musician. So eventually I started to forge these relationships with them and started to get better and better at, at, at understanding what it was. And I got all my information. I didn't make any of this up. I got the information from the music supervisors themselves. I just asked them. And, as, and of course, as those professional relationships developed into friend relationships, it became easier and easier and easier. And so now I have this huge network and I'm able to send people music. And that's really sort of how I get musicians music into TV and film. So I prepare them ahead of time. I don't just take music. I'm not like a agent, you know, I just take music and shop it. You know, I, I take the music and then I guide the musician so they can do this after, you know, I'm not around because I don't want to run an agency and I can take that music while I'm guiding them. And when they are ready, I can take that and then put them in front of music supervisors directly so they can make those contacts. They're not sort of at my behest, you know? And that's one of the problems of having an agent or a library. Agents and libraries have those connections already. So the logic is, if I get my music into a library or with an agency, then that's the fastest route to getting a sync placement. It makes sense, you know? But the reality is, and the analogy, the way to look at it, is that imagine that you're like a can of soup in a superstore. So the supervisor comes to the superstore to buy some something, right? They want to go get something, anything in a big box store. And so they walk in the store and they go and they buy something. The odds of them walking to your department, into your section, into your aisle, and reaching up on the shelf where you are, pretty low, you know? Yet the supervisor always walks out with what they want. So the store gets the sink, the supervisor gets the sink, but you as the artist who are in the library or with an agency, if you're not on the front burner, you know, it's like playing a lottery. So there had to be a better way. And the best way I know how is go straight to the gatekeepers, go straight to the people, eliminate the middle people and go straight to the people who actually put the music in television. It's not easy, right? If everybody could do it, we all would. But it's about having a path and being able to be put in front of them because all you need to do is have your music listened to, right? That's the biggest challenge is just having them listen to their music. People send music all the time to supervisors and they can't listen to not even remotely like half of what they get. They simply can't. They're overwhelmed with the number of people that send them music. So they go only go to their trusted sources. So I teach indie musicians how to be a trusted source. And then I also introduce them to the people to open the door in the industry where they can begin those relationships to become that source. And so that's how the whole evolution of going from, you know, a music producer to now helping indie artists get their music synced in TV and film, which is one of the best paths to go. Certainly one of the paths. I mean, the other big path I always recommend is modern musician. You know, that's brilliant what you guys do over there, teaching artists what to do and how to do that. And it feels like 
it's really cool that we complement each other really, really nicely that way, I feel. And, but sync licensing is certainly something that musicians need to take seriously these days because a lot of people are doing it. And if you get one great sync in one good placement, in one good show or movie or ad, you can end up in the charts and that's happened. It happens reasonably regularly. And then you've got publishers coming, labels coming, massive fans coming, you're getting paid, you know, um, an example of what you can get paid is like, you know, the very top end, you know, within my experience, I'm not going to talk hypotheticals. Like I got an artist $30,000 for one placement. I got another $20,000 for a placement. And then, you know, you can make anywhere from like you know, free if it's a student film, right? There's a few nefarious groups that might try to take your stuff for free. I advise against it, but you know, $500, $1,000, super low, but typically we're working with supervisors who are on the higher end. So they work on big network shows, bigger movies, ads, and stuff like that. So, you know, you're looking at like 5,000, 7,000, 10,000 and into the, you know, well into the five figures. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast. Or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest-level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're going to have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast for the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Oh man, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, a couple of things that stand out about what you just shared are one, it, because I can relate to this as like you mentioned, we both, we're, we're like peanut butter and jelly. Like we kind of serve different, different models like in the industry. But the truth is that when you bring these together, it's so, so powerful. And for so many of the artists that I work with, before they met you, or before they got into music licensing, they didn't realize how big of an asset that they were sitting on with their music. It was like this whole world that they didn't even realize there was like a gold mine sitting underneath their, you know, underneath their house that they just had to like dig, dig below. And so I think it's such a, a such a great opportunity to be able to leverage 
these assets that they've already likely invested a lot of time and energy and money into and be able to provide value with those assets in a different industry. Because that's one of the things that seems like maybe maybe you could talk a bit about this, about the the industry of of music licensing. But one thing that uh, kind of struck me was how it really is its own industry. And it's more of like, it's the TV and film industry. It's like, you're kind of serving a different, like with that industry, it's not necessarily as much about the music, but like the music is a part of it and it's important, but it's really about the film. It's really about the TV. It's really about the story. It's really about kind of accenting that. So I just have a huge, huge amount of respect. And, and uh, I just think it's a big opportunity for anyone who is listening to this right now, who maybe hasn't fully capitalized on, on a uh, sync licensing. So Maybe, maybe a good next question would be, what are some, I know at, at this point, you know, now you've worked with so, so many musicians and like anything, there's always patterns, right? There's habits, there's patterns, there's things that come up over and over and over again. So I'm curious for someone who is interested in music licensing, but maybe hasn't fully dug into the opportunity. What are some of the biggest mistakes or, or issues that you see them coming across when they first get started with licensing? Yeah, well, that's a great question. So in terms of the biggest mistakes, I would say the number one mistake that people make is the level of their production is not up to par that, that where it needs to be. Now, this isn't to say that your record has to sound like the latest Adele release, you know? It doesn't have to be that pro. It simply has to be something that sounds like everything else getting into TV and film. Now, here's a simple trick to find out if your music is up to par. Go to tunefind.com. That's T-U-N-E-F-I-N-D, tunefind.com. And then go look for artists that are similar to you. So you find the artists that are similar to you. And then what you do is then you figure out what shows they've been in. And then you take a playlist of those artists, you know, and just say, okay, I'm going to make a little playlist and put it on random. So listen to the playlist and stick your song in there, like or songs or whatever put it on random and go chop some carrots. Don't listen to it directly, just indirectly listen to it and get into it and enjoy it. When your song comes along, how did you react? Did you kind of suddenly feel like, oh, a bit deflated, you know? Well, you got some work to do, right? So at least you know that you're not up to par in terms of the production level with them. But if your you know, head's still bopping, you're still going and you feel great, then, then you're good to go. But the beautiful thing about this seemingly big problem, which sounds insurmountable to some people, you know, because they're like, oh man, how am I going to, I record at home. I can't afford da, da, da. You guys live in the best era ever for recording professional music. It's just like so easy to go online and get somebody who can do it within your budget. And you can listen to the stuff they've done before. You can compare them. You can shop around. And you can literally hire somebody to help you while you're learning to do that at home. So that's a huge thing. Don't waste great songs on mediocre production. Go get somebody who can help you get better, learn from them, and just let them produce your music. It's like Steve Jobs used to say, you know, it's like the way to make a great company is hire the best people. Let them largely self-manage. The job of the leader is to reiterate the mission statement, reiterate the vision, you know? And so... If you just hire someone who just does stuff better than you, right? I have an online studio myself. You don't have to work with me. I'm just saying this as an example. I went out and hired amazing engineers and producers, right? Well, I've been fortunate in my life to have had success 
but there's people that I've hired that are better than me at certain things. You know, I'm a good mixer. You know, I would say I'm a good mixer. I'm not a great, like, I'm not like the top 10 mixer in the world. That's just not, not what I am. Making beats, I can make beats like anybody else. I'm pretty good at it. But there's people I have who do this all the time. You know, they do it for, for a living. So my production expertise, I, I'm stronger in certain areas, weaker in others, like we all are in life with different things. Those things I recognize. And then I hired people who are better than me at other things. And then if you say to yourself, you know, Chris, that's cool, but I can just spend a couple of grand and I can have a home studio and I can do it for free and I can take all the time in the world. It's like, okay, yeah, I get that. So you want to do that? That's the way I started. There's nothing wrong with that. I totally did that. I recorded my friends for beer on a Pro Tools LE system when it came out. And that's how I started my production career. I had advantages having worked with bigger producers in the studio as a, as a, as a, when I was in a band and stuff and learned a lot. But I started kind of from scratch, more or less, right? The problem is, is time and money are inextricably aligned, right? They're, they're, they're connected in such a way that they are almost the same thing. Time is money and money is time. So the time that you're spending in the studio, learning what you're doing and trying to get better, that would have taken somebody a tenth of the time to do better than you. You are not spending it with your friends, your loved ones. You're not working to make money. You're not doing your rock climbing hobby or whatever. You know, there's all of these things that you're sacrificing to do it. If you absolutely love it and you wouldn't trade it, you know, you're on a deserted island and with your computer and you just, that you'd be happy there with just doing that. That's great. But keep in mind, it's going to take you a long time if you have a goal of getting your music out there. If you're not just sort of playing with the puzzle, if you're just playing with a puzzle, then that's cool. But if you actually want to finish the puzzle for a reason, uh, then think about trying to hire other people. So I would say that's the number one pitfall that people run into is, is overestimating their, their production level and not knowing how to fix it easily. And that's, of course, one thing as a music producer that I help them with. When I work with them, that's number one, is we look at the songs, we talk about the writing, and then we dive into the production. It's, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Usually I give them big discounts at my studio, and that's just a part of what I do to get their music into TV and film. I'm trying to get them through that phase. So take your time to learn the production. It's going to take you a few years to become really good at it. In the meantime, let's just forget about it. Let's do it super cheap, but world-class and go to the real goal while you're here is you want to get your song into TV and film so you can get start getting paid for that. So you can sit in your studio and tinker around for a couple of years. If you're making six figures, which some of my students do, then adjust on music, then, I mean, there you go. Boom, done, right? Mm. That's so good. Yeah, that's, that's one thing that I'm sure that, that you've been through this exercise before, and it's, it's a really powerful exercise for kind of looking at how you spend your time and what you mentioned about time equals money, but the way you spend your time, you know, kind of accounts to like different, different levels of, of money. I know for me personally, one thing I really struggled with, and I still struggle with it to some extent, I think it's pretty normal that, that a lot of the things that I started doing, it, both with like Paradise Fears, the band, when we were doing it full time, then also with Modern Musician, things that I started doing, eventually there's a capacity of like how much time that you can spend doing something. You can't do everything, but there's certain things that you're doing that just aren't as high value. Like it might, and it might only be worth, you know, $15 an hour to do that task, if you're gonna hire someone else for it, or maybe it's $25 an hour or $50 an hour or even $100 an hour or more. 
And one of the most powerful exercises that I try to come back to at least once a year or so is to create a triangle and in that triangle, break it down into five different segments. And within that, those five segments of the triangle at the, at the base, you have your you know, $15 an hour activities. Then you have the $25 an hour activities up to maybe $5,000 an hour activities at the top. And then just fill in the spaces with what are you currently doing right now in your music career that, you know, is $15 an hour or could, you could pay someone $25 an hour and mixing, mixing engineering, maybe that's a $25 an hour, $50 an hour can obviously it depends, but ultimately if you can look at those things and you could say, I could do this, I could, you know, invest the time and the energy to mix all my songs, but that's going to take me away from time that I could potentially spend doing the $5,000 an hour activity. And the more you can sort of subtract yourself from, from the lower piece of the triangle and start doing the things that are higher. For example, a really high leverage activity for me and Modern Musician is doing interviews with partners like, like Chris, who have hundreds of thousands of audience members who who we can serve that are, are good partners for us or doing live events, you know, live events where if I show up for an hour and I can, you know, connect personally with thousands of people, then that's a really high leverage, you know, activity to do. And I think that uh, the same thing applies to musicians. And, and when you look at really where's the highest, you know, dollar value that you can spend your time on, a lot of times it's not necessarily doing things like the, like, what should I put, like the $15 an hour kind of things where you're responding to, you're moderating things or responding to things. Obviously everyone starts somewhere. So like you, you got to start by kind of wearing all the hats and doing everything in your music career. But as soon as you have the opportunity to start to buy back your time, the more you can buy back your time and focus on those higher level activity, the better. And, and I do think that doing things like learning how to get your music synced in a TV and film. Yeah, you know, if you spend five hours learning how to do that, then you know that could be a five thousand dollar an hour activity, right? Because it could make you twenty five thousand dollars, and it spent you five hours to learn how to do it. So, hopefully, that makes sense. I'm rambling a little bit, but it's just something that I think is is really true, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an excellent exercise. I, I think that's a, a great place to be for if you're in a place where you've got a multiple a multiple number of things you should be doing and you need to organize them into the most efficient way. I think that's, that's a brilliant approach. If you're beginning, if you're starting at the bottom and, and, and you're trying to figure out how to do the same thing, my idea on that is just keep it simple. Keep it really, really simple. There's a saying about a thousand no's lead to a yes. So if you try to do everything in your life, you know, you're going to have a hard time unless you're at that intermediate stage, like you're talking about, Mike, and just be, being able to divide it up and outsource and stuff. You're starting out like when I was a musician, you know, and I was broke, man, I was roofing part time. I had a band, you know, and, and I lived in a house with a bunch of guys and, and we'd just play music, right? We had our band jam in the, our jam space in the basement of this old <laughs> beaten up house and. And we played and played and played. Well, that just, and then toured, you know, as much as we could and all of that. And, uh, and that led to some pretty substantial regional success, you know, with, within a simple, simple approach, doing that one dedicated to that one, one idea. So when you're starting out, you've got, probably have to have a day job and you got to do different things. But with your music, when you're doing your music, pick one goal, pick one idea 
and then follow that. And most importantly is the advent of online education is amazing. Like there's a bunch of good roadmaps out there. There's some bad ones, but there's a bunch of good ones. And I was saying earlier, like the roadmap of modern musician, awesome, you know? And I think we have an excellent roadmap for sync. Like, you know, you just basically jump into the stream and it's all set up for you. You can shortcut the rundown house and the roofing job and the having to organize everything. It's all done for you. And it's a, it's like an instant way to get from zero to a hundred, you know, very quickly because you and I, Mike, been through it, right? We, we've been, you know, we went through all of that stuff and that's how we become, you know, the grizzled music warriors we are and now teaching and helping and mentoring people who were like us. Like, that's how I feel. Like I, I feel have such a spot in my heart for, for people where I was, you know, when I was who I was, when I was there, I couldn't care less. I was more focused on me. I was like, how am I going to get here? How am I? Cause I, you know, I think a lot of people are like that. You're just, you're, you're, you're driven and you're poor and you're, and, and you're just trying to get somewhere. Right. When success came and things happened and as the years went by, I've been doing this over 20 years, you know, I just want to help people who are in that position where I was at that time. And, and if I could rewind, if I could only know someone like you or I back then, things would have been different, you know, in, in better ways. I don't regret anything. We had great success, but it would have been so much easier. <laughs> it's just so much easier. So, so that is, yeah, I think that is a big recommendation. Of course, don't make this, I don't want this to sound like it's this sort of like, oh, so, you know, Michael and I can mentor you and help you. So you should always come into our, our, our camp. I'm saying there's lots of people out there like that. It's a, it's a model to follow is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So figure out what your path is and then find that roadmap for that path. That's, that's mm. the advice there. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that has become more and more clear over time is how important the role of mentorship in whatever form it is, right? Like, you know, Olympic athletes, they all have coaches, like they all have mentors. They don't just randomly stumble upon it. And I know in my own life, my mentors and in my peer group, you know, like you mentioned with the five people you surround yourself with, that makes all the difference. And nowadays with the internet and with, you know, the amazing access that we have to geniuses that we'd never meet face-to-face -face in person, but we can basically get a direct interaction with them. We can basically download their ideas and their thoughts and their genius to our brains just by, you know, listening to them and connecting with them. You know, there is a, there's a three-way connection happening right now between you and I and anyone that's listening to this, this podcast. And it's, it's pretty remarkable. And so that being said, like you have to be really intentional about who do you let into your, your brain space, you know, and where are you like surrounding yourself? Are the five sources of information or, you know, stories that you're hearing, are they coming from places that empower you or are they coming from places that, you know, disempower you? And so hundred percent, I think mentorship is, is really, it's just a part of our DNA. It's part of the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell. Right. Um, so that being said, you know, I, I know that it's been just a explosion, like with the internet and with the ability for mentors and online courses and programs to be able to help people shortcut and help to, you know, rather than having to live, you know, in a old shack and go into the basements and and be a starving artist, you know, you can significantly reduce the amount of time that it takes in order to, you know, in order to achieve your your goal. That being said, there also are some pieces that I think that 
are still a challenge for for artists and like like anyone that achieves mastery like when when i look at what you're doing and the services that you're providing what for example one thing you mentioned was you know in order to be successful with sync licensing you you realize that one of the challenges people are struggling with was that the the production quality needs to be up to a certain level and so because of that you realize that's an obstacle so now you know you help guide people to help them to create great quality music that's going to be able to get synced, right? And another area that I know that you specialize in is specifically around creating relationships with those music supervisors, because, you know, you can create high quality music, you know, yourself, you can find a team to, to work with and you can get a course, right? You could get a video course and go through it and kind of learn the world of sync licensing, but you still might not have those relationships. You might not have the connection or, the, or know how do I connect with those with those people that are actually going to get my music placed. So part of the reason I bring this up is because I know you know at the time of recording this right now, you're getting ready to do a panel with these music supervisors. And and not just you know, if you're listening to this, I don't know, a few months from now or whenever you're listening to this, this is a part of what you do at Sync Songwriters. You you consistently bring uh, supervisors into your community to be able to help connect the musicians that you're working with with them. So I'd love to hear you just talk a little bit about the role of those panels and what that looks like. And if someone's lucky enough to be listening to this right now in the middle of when you're getting ready to do one of these panels, how does that work? And and what kind of, you know, what are some of the things they can expect from attending that? Great, great question, Mike. So basically when I decided whatever I wanted to do in Sync Songwriter, the ultimate outcome for these artists that I wanted to help, you know, all I did was I imagined myself back when I needed that help, when I was, you know, in that position. And I thought to myself, what would be a dream sequence? The ultimate dream for TV and film, for getting my music in TV and film. And then I just set out to invent it because I could, because I, I knew the people, right? So I thought, what can I give somebody listening who's making music in their bedroom, having limited success? They might have a song in a library or two. Nothing's happening. You know, they're just trying to get their indie music heard. You know, they're trying to get it out there, right? And do something with it before that time passes, passes them by. And the idea was to create this path that was like, if you could wave a magic wand and just make it happen. So is that how can I make that as close to that as possible in the real world? And so that's when I came up with the art of the song pitch. And we also have a coaching program after that. But this is the art of the song pitch is bringing people from, you know, even if you're experienced and you've already gotten some syncs, we've got people like that that come into the course and you still learn a ton in the course. But if you're coming in it from a beginner's point of view, you know, some you've read some online and you know, some, some stuff. It's about knowing the exact steps to take. There's five of them that are really important. And each one, I guide them through, hand, take their hand, and we're, I answer every single question that they've got. And we go through this process to do all the five steps so they're absolutely ready to pitch their music to the supervisors. Then when they're ready, I simply put them in front of the music supervisors. The first part of that is the free panel. So I invite five of my friends who have these incredible credits. These are top, top, top music supervisors who work on the biggest network shows. And you can come out to this panel. I hold it for free. It's on me. 
I make sure that everything's handled all the time and effort. I have a team working on it and everything like that. And we hold this virtual panel. You don't have to fly to LA and get a hotel and, you know, pay for food and all that stuff and your airfare. Just show up in your pajamas if you want, you know, come, pop mm -hmm. online, hang out with, with me and my friends who are these top music supervisors and get the inside scoop on how this stuff works. More importantly, find out what they're working on right now. It's because you don't know that and it's hard to find out. Let them, they're going to tell, I'll just ask them to tell us, right? Just, Hey, I know them, you know, it's like, what are you working on right now? What are you looking for? And then, you know, which one of your songs are going to, are going to work, you know, for that kind of stuff. And so really that's the first step in you just being able to show up and discovering what goes on in the mind of a music supervisor. How do they pick music for indie, indie? How do they pick any music for their, pro, for their opportunities and projects? Why are they looking for this kind of music? What, what makes a, a song fly or not fly when they listen to it? You're going to find all this stuff from the get-go for nothing and how to do that. And that's the first part of the dream in my mind. It's like, if I had that, I'd, if I could get in the mind of a music supervisor and just discover that for nothing, that'd be awesome. Then after that, there's a pathway that you can take with me. And then we go and I literally connect you with them, like personally connect you with them so that they, you're talking to them, they've got your music, they're listening to it, they're focused on it. And I cannot think of a better, there's no guaranteed syncs. Like I'm not out there saying, you know, you, you work with me, I'm going to guarantee you a sync placement. There's a lot of things that, that, you know, happen in life that there's no guarantees for anything, but I can absolutely say, I don't know a better path than connecting you personally with a music supervisor where, I mean, major labels don't even get that. Publishers don't even get that. I mean, they, they have people that, that call and talk to them and, and do that. But the artists on, on the labels, they, they're, they don't have control over that. I'm not acting like an agency. I'm not, you know, doing it and making money from you on the side. I'm literally just connecting you and say, you build a relationship. You get that asset. You open the, those doors so that you can keep sending the music, develop that reputation. And why go anywhere else? I guess that's really what it is, you know? So that's the reasoning behind everything was to make it a dream sequence series of steps, guide them straight in a path that's proven. Like I've done this over and over and over and I've gotten tons of music of any artist music into TV and film. And I just don't fix it if it ain't broke, you know, it's keep rinse and repeat and it works great. And my network of supervisors keeps expanding and uh, we, we give our, our members briefs, like we, where basically supervisors tell me what they're looking for. And then we forward it to them. It's not to the public. It's only to the people we're working with. Because we, I can't obviously work with everybody who attends, you know, who in our community would be impossible. But it's, it's one of the most satisfying that I do in my life day to day. And when I hear, get those emails, you know, from uh, musicians saying, Chris, man, I'm in this TV show. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be doing this. I got a movie spot. I got signed. Some people get signed to, to through different, by knowing the music supervisors. Because one thing to remember about music supervisors is that they may not all be that way, but all the ones I know are hugely supportive of indie music because they have friends who are in bands. They themselves were in bands. They just love, they, the one supervisor told me, you know, thank you for sending me this music I would never have heard before, you know, because they don't have time to check out all this indie music. Thank you for, for, for introducing me to this rather than me having to go to the faceless libraries, you know? So that's, that's kind of a, a cool, you know, thing to know that they're, they just need to hear you. They want to find you. You just need to be put in front of them.
And if you don't have a path to get to them, it's just incredibly difficult. Mm. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. As you describe that, one thing that comes to mind is that it seems like part of what you're doing is almost like creating a modern version of a music publisher. Like like typically like a music publisher, sort of this middleman between you know, a musician and the and the supervisor. And what you're doing is you're rather than relying on someone else to be building the relationship and getting the benefit from those relationships, you're saying, I'm actually going to connect you directly with these music supervisors and, and do it in a way that really empowers the artist and their independence. And so it's it's just kind of an interesting because you in a similar way to a publisher too, like you're congregating these music supervisors and helping create these briefs. But instead of you taking a you know, 50% cut of the $50,000 or $10,000 or you know, whatever the whatever the deal is, you know, that's something that they are able to, you know, be able to take themselves. Pretty dang cool. The other the other thought that I had was around um, you talked about how one of the main benefits that they'll get, and, and I want to be clear too. So it, it, let me confirm this actually. So what you're talking about with this music panel, you know, this is a, a huge value add that you're, that you're doing a free panel where you can actually, you're letting people tune in and connect with this panel of supervisors. And not only that, but it's, but you have a masterclass, right? A masterclass you're doing, you're basically for free, you're teaching you know, a huge amount of value. And you have a, a program and a course for you know, people who want to really go like jump into the deep end of the pool. But it sounds like you know, this panel and this workshop is something you're offering completely for free, which is insane. And let me just confirm that first. Like, is this free? I don't want to like put words in your mouth. You're like, actually, this is a $297 event. It's one so million dollars. One million dollars. Yes. No, <laughs> it's absolutely totally free. And, and I'll just say one thing quickly, you know. There's a lot of masterclasses out there and I do masterclasses myself, but for this particular thing, what I wanted to do was kind of get out of the way, you know, and, and just introduce the indie songwriters to the actual people. It's not about me. It's really not about me. It's about their music and putting their music with the people who can actually do it. I don't, I don't put music into TV and film, you know, I can certainly help you get there. I don't do it. You need to be talking to the people who do it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be seen as like Chris is the is the the pinnacle of the mountain in terms of the teacher and the mentor, right? I'm there to facilitate. It's more than just facilitating mm-hmm. because I'm also showing you what to do. But honestly, the course, like I you know teach you when I teach you how to do that, those five steps, they're as simple as it gets. I teach you everything you need to know to do this successfully for the rest of your life without an iota more without one more piece you don't need to know you don't need to know all the legalese you can hire a lawyer for that you barely ever need to hire a lawyer anyway the contracts are all super standard there's a bunch of other stuff you can read up online about how royalties are broken down and how it works with youtube i t- i tell you about those and how it works you want to go down the rabbit hole and get super techie and stuff like that go ahead it's not what i'm about what i'm about is taking your music putting it in front of the right people and getting it into TV and film, and then teaching you everything you need to know along the way so that you're comfortable, you speak to them like pros, you understand how the whole thing works in a proper holistic way without getting like a PhD kind of thing. So it's not really about me, it's about the music supervisors and just me being a concierge and connecting you to my friends, you know, taking your music and 
the thing that really motivates me is that the people who are prepared to invest in themselves, the people who are really like saying, I'm going to come out to a panel. I, I want to, you know, do something. Not for me. They want to do it for their own music. That's what inspires me. It's like you're, you have a dream for your music. So I had a dream for my music too, you know, and I, I achieved a large part of that dream and I'm very happy with it. I got into music production, but I want you to be able to follow your own path and do it successfully instead of, you know, what the years go by, nothing happens, you know, SoundCloud, get a little social likes. No one's, you're not making any money. Keep putting records out. You know, your significant other or your mom loves it, right? We, we need bigger, better things for indie music. Bigger, much, much bigger. So that's what it is. So I, my vision is that person who knows who they are and they, they know that their song, the world should hear their song because they're super talented. They've got something great to say. And I want to bring that to life. It's essentially what mm. it is. Mm. So cool. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like one kind of like theme or thing that's kind of woven throughout this conversation is around how powerful it is to be in the room just to show up and be around the right people, right? So putting themselves in a room with these music supervisors as a way to just understand how they're thinking and understand what they're looking for. It, <laughs> whenever I get an opportunity, I like to bust out this analogy because it's, it's a fun one, but it lets me use my, my keyboard. But, you know, one example that I think really kind of helps illustrate the benefit of being in that room and surrounding yourself with, you know, those five people that are really going to kind of pull you up to, to a certain, to the next level is that it's kind of like all of us resonate our, at a certain frequency. So maybe we're like here right now at a C chord and then maybe the supervisors, they're speaking a slightly different language, right? Are they... Are, they are looking for different, they're in different industries. So it's kind of like they're playing you know, an F sharp chord. And, you know, both of them sound fine on their own, right? If you're playing. And then, well, when you put them together, it's like, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't sound good. It clashes, there's dissonance because, you know, because they're, because they're not in the, at the same frequency. And so it sounds like you know, one of the main benefits and, and in really the purpose of the event, like you said, you're just gonna, is you want to not make it about you, but really make it about facilitating these relationships between the musicians and the music supervisors is, you know, if, they, if you could put yourself in a room and you have the ability to like quiet your mind or just to listen for a bit, right? So you listen and you really try to understand what they're saying, then you might hear it and you'll be like, huh, so I thought that it was this. But like, that's actually kind of like this. And then now knowing that you can be intentional about communicating. You'd be like, Hey, you know, and you can, you can play along with it. You can communicate. And you know, that kind of happens naturally. Like if you put yourself in that room where this is happening, it doesn't feel good <laughs> to be like continually be like, it resonated that like something's got to give, yeah, you know, there's tension I'm, there. I love this. This is great. Yeah. No, you're so right, man. It's, it's, it really is a lot. It, I mean, everybody listening knows that it's like, you know, it, it's like those things that you heard your parents say or something like they, some saying or something. And then later on in life, you're like, oh, that's what that meant because you, you know, lived it and you did it and you, you didn't really get it, but it's so simple. And it's just weird, like how knowledge gets transferred and how it can shift and change someone, you know, 
it seems so innocuous, like, oh, I just read a book or I'll run into somebody. It can change your life completely just by being introduced to a new idea. And more what you're talking about is correlating what the language, like getting in with the language. So with music supervisors, that's exactly, you hit it on the head, is the panels about you discovering what, what that language is or what those wants are or what they're looking for or where you fit into their puzzle. And then when you work with me, it's about teaching you that language so that you fully understand what that is and you can talk to them. Because a big part of earning the trust of music supervisors, which is really what we're talking about, is earning their trust. They don't like working with indie musicians, by the way, very much because they're, they're always, un, they don't know what's going to happen. You know, is there going to be a, a, a piano player like, <laughs> from a band that's going to come out and say, I co-wrote that song and cause all these problems, you know? Those piano players, man, they're, you can't trust piano players. Like, <laughs> and Story so, of my life. <laughs> and so bottom line is that, you know, you're trying to get them to, to, yeah, you're trying to teach them the same, that language so that they can follow in, in that language and then um, talk to them like pros and fit into the industry and become a trusted source. Like I'm a trusted source. I teach you how to become a trusted source and give you the relationships to go with it. So how can you fail? Come on. <laughs> it's like... It worked out great so far. So awesome. Cool. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on here and to, to share some lessons, some advice for, for musicians. Again, I, I just think it's such a, a great opportunity to take assets that you've already invested all the time and energy into and be able to apply them to create more value, right? To create more value. To, it's like alchemy. Like you're turning an existing asset into, into more value for people. And that's also a great way to generate more income for, for your music. Well, hey, Chris, this has been this has been awesome. It's always a, always a pleasure to talk to you. And for anyone who's here, who's live right now, who, you know, depending on when they're listening to this, they may or may not have missed out on the live panel that, that you're doing. But where would be the best place for them to go to learn more and connect with what you're doing with Sync Songwriter? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. So we actually did a special sign-up page for your community. And because, uh, you know, really appreciate you. We love working with you. And your community is awesome. And so they can just go to syncsongwriter.com backslash modern musician. So syncsongwriter.com backslash modern musician. Go to that URL and boom, you'll be on the page. Sign up for the panel and we'll see you there. It's going to be amazing. Doesn't cost a cent and uh, it's going to be awesome to hang out with you and my five music supervisor friends. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. Cool. Well, like always, we'll put the links in the show notes for easy access. And until next time, Chris, it's been great connecting with you and looking forward to Figure out another time that we can do a sailboat trip. You know, it's a little bit tricky now with the three kids and whatnot, but yeah, we, we could, we could figure it out. Maybe we could just bring everyone from the podcast onto your sailboat and it, I'm <laughs> sure there'd be enough room for, you know, a hundred thousand people or so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll call your wife and we'll, we'll, we'll get you out we'll get you out for a weekend. <laughs> yeah! Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. <laughs>